0: In the name of the one living God, amen. Amen. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. So says the Prince of Peace. In his final instructions to his disciples, before sending them out into the world, what a disciple is to be and to do and what they may expect. They are to continue his ministry of healing and preaching and teaching. And his goal of reconciliation can only be achieved by a reversal of the prevailing way of life. Then is now God's love and justice may run against the grain of that way of life. The radical gospel challenges the established order and may result in dissension and conflict as we have to choose whether or not to follow him. And that's what he said. Follow me. Not worship me, but follow me. And although he describes the mission of the disciples as fraught with danger and uncertainty and conflict, there's also the promise of God's continual presence, sustaining and nurturing them. So Jesus is preparing his disciples to do more than follow him around and learn. More than just receiving the good news of God's grace, he wants them to participate with him. In living and sharing it. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, he says. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. In other words, we are expected to be the so-called agents of Christ to the world. Our witness establishes not only who we are, but who Jesus is. And how spiritually alive the gospel is. You see, our level, our level of commitment, our willingness to be transformed by the spirit, what we stand for and how we stand for it validates Christianity in the world. And Jesus intended for the spirit to be communicated from person to person, caught more than taught, so to speak. That is the model. And by commitment, Jesus does not mean vague adherence. He calls for a wholehearted commitment to him and warned us of the risk. Sound harsh and uncompromising? Unreal? Way out of touch with the world of today? Probably. When Jesus tells us to strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well, he's not calling us to be lopsided, rigid, inflexible, religious goody-goodies for his sake. He's providing us with the purpose for which we were created. The ultimate why to our lives that gradually can become choked by insignificant things. As Christians, our purpose is to witness to Christ. The secret of life, in whatever ways it happens to be fleshed out according to our own gifts, is to claim this sacred responsibility, to be the living symbol of Jesus Christ, to model the faith which we profess as Jesus calls a call to his disciples and to regard such a call as an overarching purpose of our lives is very likely to stir up trouble for us from close friends, associates, and even from family members. Don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth, he says. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. We're not alone if we feel that this statement seems antithetical to Jesus' message and ministry. But all four Gospels record Jesus as going to great lengths to make it clear that his path is not easy. He's definitely making it uncomfortable for us. And holding firmly to spiritual truth may generate an equally firm resistance from others. In choosing to see life differently, to embrace our true oneness with God, may very well arouse opposition. Sometimes the teachings of Jesus sting to a war-torn world that's experiencing the breakdown of a family, the dynamic of division that Jesus brings Sounds ominous, to say the least. Who wants this sword? Too bad we can't hear the prodigal son every week. Or listen to the story of the diligent shepherd leaving the 99 to find the one lost lamb. We yearn for words of comfort from Jesus, not words that cause us to fear and tremble. Is this the same teacher who instructed his disciples to turn the other cheek, to bless their persecutors? Yes, and to really rub it in, they were to be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect, to love God, to love as God loves, to love one's neighbors no less than to love family members, to love without distinction This particular gospel passage has always made me squirm when Jesus gets so explicit in his description of our mission, especially the part about division in the family, which I have personally experienced. Is this really what we need in the world right now, to be set against each other? The image of Jesus marching through the family room, waving a sword to divide up sides, Sometimes family life is divided in ways of its own. Physical or emotional separation, abuse, impasses over money, lifestyle, politics, or religion. Some just grow apart over time. Some wounds are so deep that they remain unhealed. Some families are close and others are not. In the community that Matthew was addressing, many were already estranged from their families. It was the custom then for whole families to adopt the faith of the head of the household. Everybody was compelled to believe what that person believed, spouses, servants, everyone. So if one of them elected to become a Christian, it was considered mutiny, especially since becoming a Christian, had all kinds of consequences. For me, as you know, one of my favorite author priests is Barbara Brown Taylor. And she sheds some light on this when she writes the following. I think Jesus knew how powerful families are in our lives. Whether they're working too well or not at all. Whether we're snuggled down deep in the bosom of them or utterly estranged from them. I think he knew how easy it is for us to be consumed by them so that we forget who we are apart from them. And I also think he knew that it's only when we discover who we are apart from them that we can be a part of them in a healthy way. So... I'm a daughter, a wife, a mother, a sister, and an aunt. And each of these identities has helped to shape my life, but none of them contains me. I'm Jan. I'm a Christian, and I'm a child of God. When we're baptized, the priest makes the sign of the cross on our forehead with the holy oil and says, You are marked as Christ's own forever. This is the fundamental identity that we bring to the roles in which we find ourselves. This is our true identity and all the others grow out of it. Each of us has our own list of roles. Many of us are children and parents, and we're God's child first. That's not a role. That's who we most truly are. That's where our true peace and security lie. And knowing our true identity can make all the difference in the world, can even help save our life. So no one is saying that we should hate our families in order to remember who we are apart from them. Jesus never said we're not supposed to love our families, our communities, our country. We all have a deep need for kinship. Some of us find that in our families of origin, and some of us don't. Some of us find it in our church family, and some of us don't. Whether we do or don't, however, Jesus' call remains the same. To enter a new realm of relatedness with God and with one another. To love and to serve God above all, even at the risk of disapproval and separation. And we're not to fear because buried in the demand is a promise that what we lose for his sake, we will find again, return to us more alive than ever before. Each week we are summoned from the comfort of these pews to daily live out our faith on the stage of this world. As we say in the post-communion prayer, send us out into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Our call is to love and to serve and to present to the world an image of God in our thoughts, our actions, our imaginations, and in our lifestyles, and to remember Remember, that whatever we say, however we act, we are modeling something. There's more to Christianity than just being nice. To be a disciple is to claim our true identity as Christ's own. And to take seriously our sacred responsibility to reflect our faith by modeling at home, at work, and in society, the nature of God. Love, sometimes tough love, kindness, forgiveness, compassion, truth, and justice. The path to the kingdom of God will not always feel peaceful. But we can be certain that whatever strength we need to maintain our focus will be available as we need it. You see, Jesus doesn't hand us a book of laws. He hands us a way of life, his life. My friends, go in peace to love and to serve